سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد تريفن ويبيجين ويد سورة الضحى والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قلا ولا الآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولسوف يعطيك ربك فترضى ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى ووجدك ضالا فهدى ووجدك عائلا فأغنى فأما اليتيم فلا تقهر وأما السائل فلا تنهر وأما بنعمة ربك فحدث So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the meaning of which is by the forenoon meaning after sunrise and by the night when it darkens your Lord O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has neither forsaken you nor hates you and indeed the hereafter is better for you than the present life of this world and very verily your lord will give you all good so that you shall be well pleased did he not find you o muhammad وسلم, an orphan and gave you a refuge and he found you unaware of the quran and its laws and prophethood and guided you and he found you poor and made you rich self-sufficient and self-content therefore treat not the orphan with oppression and repulse not the beggar and proclaim the grace of your lord i.e the prophethood and all other graces in this particular chapter then you see that it begins with wadduha by the forenoon adduha huwa awwalun nahar wa fihi an-nur the forenoon is the beginning of the day where the light spreads it is light and bright in the first part of the day in the early day that is adduha the forenoon the early morning the early part of the day after sunrise and then walayli idha saja by the night when it darkens so the two opposites 
Al-Duha, the morning, the forenoon, when it is bright and light. And then, Wal-Layli Ida Saja, by the night when it darkens. Ay, Al-Layl Ida Ghatta Al-Ard. That the night when it covers the earth, when the night covers the earth and envelops it, encompasses it, covers it in darkness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning of this surah has taken an oath by two opposing things. Has taken an oath by two opposing things. أقسم الله تعالى بشيئين متباينين أولهما أولهما الضحى إذا انتشر وملأ الأرض ضياء ونورا وثاني الليل إذا يغشى وفيه الظلم The first is the forenoon when the brightness and the light it spreads and the second is the night when the darkness covers everything. So two contrasting things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes an oath by them at the start of this particular surah. And then, مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى Your Lord has neither forsaken you أي ما تركك وأهملك that your Lord has not forsaken you has not forgotten you and left you وما قال أي ما أبغض and neither does he hate you he has not abandoned you and neither does he hate you بل أحب الخلق وحب الخلق إليه فيما نعلم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم and in fact as we know that the most beloved of the creation from what we know is محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم to Allah because محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم the prophet is just like Ibrahim عليه السلام he is the خليل الله you remember the top messengers. There is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then after him Ibrahim alayhi salam, and then after him Musa alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam has the characteristic that he is Kalimullah, the one that Allah spoke to directly. Ibrahim alayhi salam has the characteristic that he was Khalilullah, the most beloved, the highest level of love. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has both of those characteristics. He is the Kalimullah and the Khalilullah. And that's why, so he is the one that Allah spoke to directly and he is the most beloved. And that's why the scholars, they mention, some people, they say sometimes, Habibullah, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is Habibullah. 
Is it okay to say that or not? So uh, some of the scholars, they mentioned it's not appropriate because the Habib is lower than the Khalil. So instead of saying Habibullah, it should be Khalilullah. If you say Muhammad Habibullah, then you are lowering, lowering the meaning and the status. The Khullah is the highest level of the love. Khalil, Habib is lower than that. So some scholars said it is not appropriate to say Habibullah because the messenger is above that. He is Khalilullah. So here Allah says you have not been forsaken. You have not been abandoned and forgotten. And neither are you hated. Rather from what we know he is the most beloved of the creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. ولهذا اختاره الله لأعظم الرسالات وأفضل الأمم and that and for this reason Allah سبحانه وتعالى selected the Prophet Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم for the greatest of all of the messengerships from the greatest of all of the the messages the final revelation he was selected for that and he was selected for the best of all of the nations, this nation, this ummah. And he was made as the seal of the prophets. He was the seal of the prophets. As he mentioned himself, La Nabiya Ba'di, that there is no other prophet after me. فَلَا نَبِيَّ بَعْدَهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَكَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم أحد الخليلين and the messenger he was أحد الخليلين الذين اختص بهذه الصفة العظيمة وهي الخلة he was one of the two خليلز who had this particular and specific trait and characteristic of being of the highest level of love to Allah. وَالْخُلَّهُ أَعْلَى أَنْوَاعِ الْمَحَبَّةِ وَلَيْسَ مِنْ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ فِيمَا نَعْلَمْ مَنْ هُوَ خَلِيلُ اللَّهِ إِلَّا إِبْرَهِيمُ مُحَمَّدِ عَلَيْهِمَ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامِ And we do not know that there is anybody else in creation besides Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم and Ibrahim السلام, who are Khalil to Allah. We do not know besides them. كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم as the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said إن الله اتخذني خليلا كما اتخذ إبراهيم خليلا in صحيح مسلم that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken me as a khalil just as he took Ibrahim as a khalil. يقول عز وجل لنبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم Oh and then in the Quran as well Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to his prophet that to be patient under the rule of your Lord 
under the command of your Lord, for indeed you are under our eyes, meaning that you are within sight, that we see all of what occurs and what you do, and that you are under our guardianship and protection. That is the meaning here, under the guardianship and protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah did not abandon the messenger. That is the point of this particular ayah. مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ That Allah did not abandon the messenger and leave him and forsake him. Rather the messenger was under the guardianship of Allah. Under the protection of Allah, the mercy of Allah, the caring of Allah. And this was also mentioned in the other chapter. وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ You remember where we mentioned that indeed we raised your mention. That Allah raised the Prophet wasallam. And then after Allah highlights that we have not forsaken you and neither have we uh, hated you, rather Allah loves the messenger. Then after that Allah tells us, That the hereafter is indeed better for you than this present world. The hereafter is indeed better for you than this present world. هَذِهِ الْجُمْلَةِ مُؤَكَّدَةِ بِاللَّامِ لَامُ الْإِبْتِدَاءِ At the beginning of the ayah, وَلَلْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لَكَ The lam is known as لَامُ الْإِبْتِدَاءِ in Arabic, that indicates emphasis. So this ayah is being emphasized that indeed, certainly, verily, without doubt, the afterlife is superior, better for you than this life. So that is emphasized. وَهِيَ الْيَوْمَ الَّذِي يُبْعَثُ فِيهِ النَّاسِ وَيَأْوُونَ إِلَى مَثْوَاهُمُ الْأَخِيرِ إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ أَوْ إِلَى النَّارِ So that hereafter that is being spoken about, that is when the people will go to their end abode, they will either go to paradise or they will go to the hellfire. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to his messenger, That indeed the hereafter is better for you than this present life, meaning dunya, than this world. Because in the afterlife, it is better because within it are things that no eye has seen. 
Right now yet no eye has seen the types of things that will be in paradise and no ear has heard of what will be in paradise and neither has it ever occurred to the heart of a person to imagine or to recognize what types of things there will be. It will not have even occurred to your mind, to your heart, the types of things that there will be there. And so that is the reason why the afterlife is better than this world. And that's why the Sheikh says, لما خير الله نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم في مرضه بين أن يعيش في الدنيا ما يعيش وبين ما عند الله اختار ما عند الله When the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was in his final illness It's mentioned how Allah سبحانه وتعالى gave the messenger the option either to remain in the world longer or to depart to the afterlife and to what Allah has for him. And so the Prophet ﷺ chose that which is with Allah. كما أعلن ذلك صلى الله عليه وسلم في خطبته حيث قال وهو على المنبر and this is something that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, that he had been given that choice, and he mentioned it in the khutbah on the member, when he said, إِنَّ عَبْدًا مِنْ عِبَادِ اللَّهِ خَيَّرَهُ اللَّهُ بَيْنَ أَنْ يَعِيشَ فِي الدُّنْيَا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ أَنْ يَعِيشَ وَبَيْنَ مَا عِنْدَهُ فَاخْتَارَ مَا عِنْدَهُ That indeed a servant from the servants of Allah, Allah has given him that choice between staying and living here in this world for whatever time is decreed thereafter or taking and going to what is with Allah. So that servant has chosen what is with Allah. فَبَكَى أَبُوْ بَكَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ وَتَعِجَّبَ النَّاسُ مِنْ بُكَائِهِ so when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq heard the messenger say that, that Allah gave a servant the option to remain here or to go to what is with Allah, and the servant chose what is with Allah. Abu Bakr began to cry and the people were surprised. Why is Abu Bakr crying? What did the messenger say that requires to cry from? He didn't say anything, he just said that a servant was given the choice of remaining or that which is with Allah and he chose that which is with Allah. What's the, the meaning or the issue? Why is Abu Bakr crying? So the people were surprised when they saw that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu anhu was crying at that statement of the messenger. لَكِنَّهُ radiyallahu anhu كَانَ أَعْلَمَ النَّاسِ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ but Abu Bakr radiyallahu anhu was the most knowledgeable of the people regarding the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَعَلِمَ أَنَّ الْمُخَيِّرْ هُوَ الرَّسُولُ صَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ He knew that the servant 
Remember the messenger had just said a servant has been given the option and the servant chose what is with Allah. He didn't say I was given the option and I chose what is with Allah. But Abu Bakr knew that he was talking about himself. Abu Bakr knew that the servant was the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself. And so Abu Bakr Siddiq realized and understood that the messenger is talking about himself and that he has chosen what is with Allah, meaning that he will die soon. And that this was an announcement or a, a, a notification that he is close to death. He was given the option and he chose what is with Allah. So Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu knew that this was talking about the messenger himself and that the messenger himself is therefore close to his time. And that's why he cried. But the others had not understood that. And that's why they were surprised. Why is Abu Bakr crying? Then after that Allah says, And verily your Lord will give you all good, so that you shall be pleased. And Lam at the beginning, again grammatically in Arabic, that is for emphasis. And it is in the form of like an oath that this is something certainly that will be given to you. And sofa in Arabic, of course, indicates something in the future tense that this will occur and be actualized, but in the future tense, sometime in the future, after a period of time. So what will happen after a period of time? يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ That your Lord shall give you what pleases you. أي يُعْطِيكَ مَا يُرْضِيكَ فَتَرْضَى That Allah will give you what pleases you and you will be pleased with it. وَلَقَدْ أَعْطَاهُ اللَّهُ مَا يُرْضِيهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم And indeed Allah gave the messenger, what pleased the messenger. Allah gave him what pleased him, sallallahu alayhi wa On the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise him to that elevated station. On the day of judgment, the messenger will be raised and placed upon that elevated station. And all of the people from the beginning to the end of them, all of them, they will praise the Prophet Even the other prophets and even the other best messengers Ibrahim salam, Musa salam, Isa salam, Nuh salam. They cannot reach what the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam reaches or reached. فَإِذَا كَانَ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ 
And so when it is the day of judgment, and the calamity and difficulty and hardship and burden, it becomes great and significant upon the creation on that day. وَضَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأُمُورِ طَلَبَ بَعْضُهُمْ مِنْ بَعْضُ أَنْ يَلْتَمِسُوا مَنْ يَشْفَعَ لَهُمْ إِلَى اللَّهِ So when the calamity, the difficulty, the hardship, the, the, the fright and the terror becomes too great on that day, then the people, they look at each other hoping that someone can go and intercede for them with Allah. They want someone who can go and speak to Allah on their behalf to get them out of all of that difficulty and terror and fright of what they experience on that day. So they go to Adam alayhi salam first. They go to Adam alayhi salam and we've mentioned this hadith in other lessons before. You remember they go to Adam alayhi salam and they say to him, you are the first one that Allah created and Allah created you with his hand. Do the intercession for us with Allah. But Adam alayhi salam excuses himself and he says that he ate from the tree. And so he excuses himself. Then they go to Nuh, Nuh alayhi salam. And they tell him, you are the first of the messengers who were sent and... They seek for him to go and do that intercession, but he also excuses himself and they go to Ibrahim salam, and he excuses himself and to Musa salam, and he excuses himself and to Isa salam, and he excuses himself. These, huh? Adam, Wanuh, Ibrahim, Musa, Isa. So these five initially, these five are mentioned, and then Awaluhum Abu al-Bashar, Wanuh, Ibrahim, Musa, Isa. Wahaula il Arba'a, Alayma Salatu Wasalam in Ulil Azam. So from those five, Adam and Nuh and Ibrahim and Musa and Isa, Four of them are from the Ulul Azm. And that is of course Nuh alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Musa alayhi salam, Isa alayhi salam. Kulluhum ya'atadhiruna ani shafa'a. So they go to those five, four of whom are from the Ulul Azm even, and yet all five of them, they excuse themselves. Kulluhum ya'atadhiruna ani shafa'a lil khalq, hatta tasila ila nabi. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam until eventually at the end they come to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fayaqoom wa So then he arises and makes the intercession for them. Wala shakka anna hadha ataun azim. Lam yanalhu ahadun min al khalq. And no doubt this is a tremendous. Uh, uh, endowment, something tremendous that the messenger was given and that nobody else achieved that. Uh, and this is, as the scholars mentioned, there are certain types of intercession that will occur on the day of judgment that only the messenger can do. They are specific to him. And this is one of them. 
ثم بين سبحانه وتعالى نعمه عليه السابقة حتى يستدل بها على النعم اللاحقة Then after that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the past blessings upon the messenger in order to indicate via them the future blessings that are to come upon him too. So that's when it mentions, أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى Did he not find you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, an orphan and gave you refuge and remember these questions, they are not questions because an answer is needed. The answer is known. Of course the messenger was an orphan. So this is to emphasize that point, to, to establish that point, not to actually ask the question. But it is a rhetorical question to make the point that were you not an orphan, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you refuge. يعني قد وجدك الله That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala found you yatiman fa'awak. Allah found you as an orphan and so he gave you refuge. Yatiman min al-ab wa yatiman min al-um. And in this case, the messenger was an orphan from both parents. Islamically, if your father dies when you are prepubescent, then you are an orphan. In English they say orphan normally, both your parents have died, then they call you orphan in English normally. But in Arabic, even if, uh, in the religion, Islamically, that even if your father is died, but your mother is alive, you are still considered orphan. But here, it was the father and the mother of the messenger who died when he was still young. فَإِنَّ أَبَاهُ تُوفِيَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُولَتْ his father died before he was even born, before the messenger was even born. And his mother died before he even finished his suckling, his breastfeeding. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy and facilitated for the messenger the affairs such that Allah facilitated those who looked after the messenger in his younger days and defended the messenger until the messenger then reached the level or where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted him to arrive at the prophethood and messengership. So here it says, أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَجَاءَ التَّعْبِيرُ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمْ بِي فَآوَى لِسَبَبٍ لَفْظِي وَسَبَبٍ مَعْنَوِي أَمَّا السَّبَبُ اللَّفْظِي فَلِأَجْلْ أَنْ تَتَوَافَقْ رُؤُوسُ الْآيَاتِ مِنْ أَوَّلِ صُورَةِ وَأَمَّا السَّبَبُ الْمَعْنَوِي فَإِنَّهُ لَوْ كَانَ تَعْبِيرُ فَآوَاكَ اختص الإيواء به صلى الله عليه وسلم والأمر أوسع من ذلك فإن الله تعالى آواه وآوى به آوى به المؤمنين فنصرهم وأيدهم ودفع عنهم بل دافع عنهم سبحانه وتعالى Here the Shaykh he says At the end of this particular ayah it says ألم يجد كه 
Did Allah not find you as an orphan yatiman fa'awa? And so he gave refuge. Why not say, did Allah not find you as an, orf- as an orphan and give you refuge? Why is the you not mentioned again in the second part? If it was in Arabic, it would be fa'awaka. The Sheikh says, Sheikh Al-Athameen, there are two reasons. One, because of the eloquence of the Quran, all of the ayat match up in their sound. Or you can see, Wadduha, Saja, Qala, Aula, Tarda, Awa. They all match up in that sound, in that rhyme, as you say. They have all of that same sound. That's one reason. Because if you said, Fa'awaka, then that would be different to all of the other ayat prior to it. That's in terms of that aspect. The other reason is because it, the, meaning, the meaning is not specific to the messenger anyway. It isn't about that Allah gave just you refuge anyway. It is more general than that. So Allah gave the messenger refuge, but also gave the believers refuge via the messenger. So even in the meaning, it is not specific, just you were given the refuge. It is greater than that. And so for that reason, it doesn't say fa'awaka, it just says fa'awa. And then Allah says, وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا فَهَدَى And he found you unaware. Unaware, meaning of the Qur'an and prophethood. And he guided you. وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا that the Prophet وسلم, prior to having the revelation sent to him did not know. He did not have knowledge of these affairs, did not have this knowledge prior to the revelation coming. So prior to that, that Allah found you unaware without this knowledge. Then Allah guided you by giving you the revelation. Uh, and also, as we've learned before, the messenger was illiterate as well. The messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, was illiterate prior to that as well. Uh, and that men- is mentioned in other sections of the Quran: "Wama kunta tatlu min qablihi min kitab, wala taqtuhu biyaminik." That you never used to recite anything before that from the book, and neither did you used to write it. So he was illiterate also. فَهُوَ صَلَى اللَّهِ عِلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لَمْ يَكُنْ يَعْلَمْ شَيْئًا بَلْ هُوَ مِنَ الْأُمِّيِّينَ So the messenger did not used to know about these affairs. He was unaware of this knowledge and education. He was from the illiterate. هُوَ الَّذِي بَعْثَ فِي الْأُمِّيِّينَ رَسُولًا مِّنْهُمْ As Allah said, He is the one who sent amongst the illiterate a messenger from them. لَا يَقْرَأْ وَلَا يَكْتُبْ he did not read nor write. لكن وصل إلى هذه الغاية العظيمة بالوحي الذي أنزله الله عليه. However, the messenger reached this great objective and fulfilled his great objective 
with the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him via the revelation. Uh, and so the messenger learned, he became aware, and then he taught. So here when Allah said, Fahada, and that he guided you. وَلَمْ يَأْتِ التَّعْبِيرِ وَاللَّهُ عَلَمْ فَهَدَاكَ Once again, at the end of the ayah, it says uh, that Allah found you unaware and he guided. It doesn't say Allah found you unaware and he guided you. The you is missing again. Otherwise it would have been فَهَدَاكَ Once again, that is not there. And the shaykh says, perhaps the reason for that here is, لِيَكُونَ هَذَا أَشْمَلْ وَأَوْسَعْ فَهُوَ قَدْ هُدِيَ عَلَيْهِ صُلَةُ وَالسَّلَامُ وَهَدَ اللَّهُ بِهِ Because once again, to make it more comprehensive, the messenger was guided, but he also was the one who then guided others. So to make it more open to all of that meaning, he was guided, but then he was the guide thereafter too, to guide the ummah. And then it says, وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى And he found you poor and made you rich. That he found you poor. اَيْ وَجَدَكَ فَقِيرًا لَا تَمْلِكُ شَيْئًا that Allah found you poor, not owning anything, not possessing anything. فَأَغْنَى And Allah enriched you. Allah made you rich, gave you self-sufficiency and contentment. And once again, same thing as before, that Allah enriched you. And you were the means of enrichment for others thereafter. And then, فَأَغْنَى أَيْ أَغْنَاكَ وَأَغْنَى بِكَ So Allah enriched you and by you, others were then enriched also. وَمَا أَكْثَرَ مَا غَنِمَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ مِنَ الْكُفَّارِ تَحْتَ ظِلَالِ السُّيُوفِ And perhaps this is now in reference to the fact that slowly as Islam spread, and the conquests occurred, then there would be the collection of the war booty. And that was a means of enrichment. That war booty would be collected and it was distributed and it was uh, used by the Muslims. فَنَصَرَهُمُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بِهِ وَغَنِمُوا مِنْ مَشَارِقِ الْأَرْضِ وَمَغَارِبِهَا So all of those riches they came as a consequence of them following the Prophet ﷺ and his sunnah, his guidance, so Allah aided them and they were given all of that war booty from the east and the west of the lands وَلَوْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ الْإِسْلَامِيَّةَ عَادَتْ إِلَى مَا كَانَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَفُ الصَّالِحِ لَعَادَ النَّصْرُ إِلَيْهِمْ وَالْغِنَى وَالْعِزَّةَ وَالْقُوَّةَ And if this ummah was to return back to what the salaf were like, what they were upon in their iman, in their practice of the religion, then you would find that the victory and the enrichment and the power 
and the honor would come back to this ummah just like the salaf had it at that time lakin ma'al asaf anna al-ummah al-islamiyah fi al-waqt al-hadir kullun minha yanzuru ila hududh nafsihi bi qat' an-nazar amma yakunu bihi nusrat al-islam aw khudlan al-islam but now the problem is the sheikh says everybody only looks at their own personal benefits and gains what is going to benefit them and they do not look at the bigger picture of the ummah they are only in for their self interests their personal interests even if it ends up harming others in the ummah other muslims and so there is no collective thought process anymore as there was at that time ولا يخفى على من تامل الوقائع التي حدثت اخيرا انها في الحقيقه اذلال للمسلمين وانها سبب لشر عظيم كبير يترقب من وراء ما حدث ولا سيما من اليهود والنصارى الذين هم اولياء بعضهم لبعض and the sheikh is mentioning here some world events and obviously this is 30 40 years ago the world events that were occurring at that time and some of the uh, uh, degrading things that were occurring to muslims as a consequence of their lack of clinging on to the religion and having that honor and so he mentions you see this degradation has occurred and disgrace has occurred to parts of the ummah and then he mentioned some details which were relevant for what was occurring at that time perhaps 30 years ago 40 years ago when he was discussing the events that were occurring and certain wars that may have been occurring at that time where the kuffar were perhaps degrading some of the muslims in certain lands and those who know from the 90s 80s and 90s the events that were occurring in those days then this is what the sheikh will be referring to and perhaps even uh, uh, into the late 90s allah alam Uh, so the sheikh and, and, and then he goes on and discusses that a bit more and he says that the muslims are in need of wise leadership the muslims are in need of wise leadership and those who are aware of the islamic rulings and the leadership needs to be upon the sharia uh, and uh, all of it needs to be in line with the islamic objectives and the guidance of islam and not to be upon other worldly gains and benefits and the muslims need to strive for that returning back to the religion and that's what will bring about the strength and the honor and the power once again so here allah had mentioned wa wajadaka dhallan fa hada wa wajadaka a'ilan fa aghna and then فَأَمَّ الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ And as for the uh, orphan, then do not oppress the orphan. And this is connected to the earlier part where it mentions that Allah had found the messenger himself as an orphan. هذا في مقابل أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى So this is alongside with that earlier one where Allah mentioned that he found you as an orphan and so now Allah says do not oppress the orphan 
فاذا كان الله اواك في يتمك فلا تقهر اليتيم الله had given you refuge in your uh, 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 younger days when you were an orphan so now do not oppress any other orphan الا ان يكون قهرا في مصلحه له unless you take authority over that orphan for some benefit to him for some benefit to him maybe his wealth or something for his good you do something for his benefit that's another issue but otherwise do not oppress an orphan فهذا ليس قهرا في الحقيقه ان كان قهرا ظاهريا ولكن لمصلحه عظيمه لهذا اليتيم فلا تقهر اليتيم بل اكرم اليتيم والاحسان الى اليتامى واكرامهم من اوامر الشريعه ومن حسنات الشريعه and so being good to the orphan and generous and kind to the orphans is from the commandments of the sharia from the good deeds that have been mentioned to us to do in the sharia لان اليتيم الذي مات ابوه قبل ان يبلغ منكسر الخاطر because a child who is an orphan his father has died and he is still young then that child will be broken inside that child will be broken inside that his father has passed away and he is still young يحتاج الى جبر so you need to compensate and console the heart of that orphan يحتاج الى من يسليه you have to uh, console that orphan والى من يدخل يدخل عليه السرور لا سيما اذا كان قد بلغ سنا يعرف به الامور كالسابعه والعاشره وما شبه ذلك and so that person has to try and bring happiness to this orphan bring some happiness to him again and contentment and ease to the heart of that orphan especially if the orphan is a bit older maybe 7 8 9 10 years old so he recognizes and understands things more and his emotions so to try and bring goodness for that child wa amma as-sa'ila fala tanhar and as for the beggar do not repulse the beggar and that again is alongside the previous ayah where it had been mentioned wa wajadaka dhallan fahada that allah had found you unaware and guided you so now in this case when a beggar comes to ask you do not repel him واما السائل فلا تنهر اول ما يدخل في السائل السائل عن الشريعه and here it is not just the one asking you in terms of begging for wealth the first type of questioner is the one who comes and questions you about religion the one who comes and asks you about religion that is the first of the the ones who enter into being a sail do not repel the questioner the one who comes and asks you about the religion anil ilm about knowledge la tanharhu do not rebuke him and repel him lianahu idha sa'alaka yuridu an tubayyana lahu ash-shari'a wajaba alayka an tubayyanaha lahu so if he comes asking you wanting clarification regarding the sharia wanting knowledge then don't repel him do not repel 
such an individual coming to seek knowledge of their religion. And this is mentioned also in the Quran. There are ayat that highlight that Allah took the covenant, the mithaq of those who were given the book, kitab, that they must clarify to the people. They must clarify and they must not conceal it. They must not hide it. لا تكتمونه. Do not conceal that knowledge, but then clarify and explain that knowledge and do not rebuke and repel those who ask you. Because if you rebuke that type of person who's coming to ask you about knowledge, it's going to make him want to not come back and disappear. You're going to make him want to leave and not come back and not learn. When a person comes to ask you a question, he respects you. He thinks that you are more knowledgeable than him, that you are above him. And if you were to rebuke or repel that individual, then it would create a feeling in him of becoming disturbed, perturbed, because he came to you thinking you're the one of knowledge, etc. So if you then speak to him in that way, it would create some disturbance within his uh, emotional state. And so perhaps he would not understand what you say to him and he would not then have a clear mind if you were to treat him with harshness. And the shaykh says, measure yourself. If you were speaking to somebody older than you and he rebuked you, then you would suddenly be shocked. And you would uh, uh, forget what's going on and your mind wouldn't be straight anymore. If somebody uh, of, of, of authority or age rebukes you, so that type of behavior does not bring about goodness for the one asking the question. And neither will that person then understand even if some answer is given to him. Then the Shaykh also says, وَرُبَّمَا يَدْخُلُ فِي ذَلِكَ أَيْضًا سَائِلَ الْمَالِ That maybe in this one, وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ The beggar for money also comes into it. Perhaps that also comes into it. يعني إذا جاءك سائل يسألك مالا فلا تنهر لكن هذا العموم يدخل التخصيص إذا عرفت أن سائل في العلم إنما يريد التعنت وأخذ رأيك وأخذ رأي فلان وفلان حتى يضرب آراء العلماء بعضها ببعض فإذا علمت ذلك فهنا لك الحق أن تنهره But the Sheikh says there are always exceptions to these things If you know somebody is coming and asking you a question Because it's like we say sometimes you hear the phrase fatwa shopping Somebody is coming he wants to get your opinion And then he's going to go and ask another one Another uh, sheikh or another scholar or another student and he's going to get his opinion and then he's going to say, oh look, but he said this and he said this and, and then he's going to go to another one and he's going to 
mix them and no, but he said this and he's wrong, but he said that. And he asks the same question everywhere to get the answers, to then create this issue. He said this, but his answer was that and his answer was this. If you know somebody is doing that and that's what they're like, then you have a right to rebuke them. You have a right to repel them. If you know that's what they are doing. But if a person is sincere and genuine looking to ask a question, then you do not repel them. And then at the end, وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ As for the blessings of your Lord, then proclaim them. And there are many blessings that have already been mentioned in this ayah, that Allah found the messenger as an orphan and gave him refuge, and found him unaware and gave him guidance, and found him in poverty and enriched him. Those are three blessings that are already mentioned here in regards to the Prophet So it says at the end, as for the blessings Allah has given you, then proclaim those blessings, speak of those, and uh, praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those blessings that you've been given. لَفْتِخَارًا بِهَا عَلَى الْخَلْقِ Not because you are boastful about those blessings, that I've got this and I've been given that. Not that you're boasting to people, but that you're proclaiming and praising Allah for that goodness that you've been given. Thanking Allah and showing your gratitude to Allah for what you've been given. So then in the end the shaykh says, هذه كلمات يصيره على هذه الصورة العظيمة and these are just a, a few simple words, a very basic tafsir of this surah. وَمَا نَقُولُهُ نَحْنُ أَوْ غَيْرُنَا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَسْتَوْعِبُ مَا دَلَّ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنِ مِنْ الْمَعَانِ الْعَظِيمَةِ And the shaykh says what I have mentioned here, what the scholars have mentioned in the tafsir of the Qur'an, it's never going to cover everything. But this is some of the meanings of it and some of the points within it. And then he makes dua at the end that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us understanding in the religion and to act upon what we have learned. And that is where this particular chapter concludes. That's where we'll stop also for today. And inshallah ta'ala next week we'll start with the next one. Any questions up to there? وَكَنْكُرُّ upon that for today then وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى نَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدُ عَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَسَلَّمُ Remember as well just mentioned in Nelson on Monday there is the, the fundraiser event for the Liverpool markers so whoever is able to attend for the it's a barbecue there's going to be a barbecue there's going to be food uh, just to, to enjoy yourselves with the brothers but all of the income that is made from the day or from the income that we have past the expenses, all of that will be given towards the fundraiser for Liverpool. So as many brothers who are able to come, you should try to attend. There is a link, you'll have it in your groups and things. You can sign up your name on the link so that everybody knows there, the brothers who are organizing how many are coming to get the right amount of food, etc. So whoever is able, try and join us on Monday, inshallah. All right, we'll conclude upon that. Continue next week then, inshallah.